Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. An inspired and intimate portrait of a place and its people, Hale County this morning, this evening, looks at the lives of Daniel Collins and Quincy Bryant, two young African-American men in rural Hale County, Alabama, over the course of five years. Collins attends college in search of opportunity, while Bryant becomes a father of an energetic son. And his directorial debut, award-winning photographer and director, Ramel Ross, offers a refreshingly direct approach to documentary film that that fills in the gaps between individual black male icons. Hale County this morning, this evening, allows the viewer an emotive impression of the historic South, the trumpeting beauty of life, and the consequences of social construction of race, while simultaneously offering a testament to dreaming despite the odds. We're joined today by the director of this incredible documentary, Hale County, this morning, this evening, Ramel Ross. Ramel, welcome to Film School. So, thank you for having me, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, this is a film that I, I, I'm curious about your sort of connection to Hale County and followed by what was it that prompted you to begin this process of a documentary about that that part of, uh, of your world? Yeah, so I am not originally from the South. You know, I was born in Germany and military brat, quote-unquote, and... My, my ties to the South are through my dad. He grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and kind of spent a, I spent a bunch of time there. So I kind of spontaneously moved to Hell County in 2009 to teach in a youth program. And I, once there, volunteered and coached at basketball at the local high school. And I was kind of a burgeoning photographer, um, really starting to get interested in exploring ideas and the world through photography kind of had just sort of left the photojournalistic space and just being there and and meeting these two fellas and you know living my life in in this quite beautiful and quite loadedly historic place made me recognize that there weren't many representations of the contemporary south that were experiential and artistic and super engaging and I kind of just took up the task without you know expectations really as to what the project would be but I knew that I wanted to capture it with you know in the moving image format. Was there an event was there a sort of set of circumstances where that you just decided I'm in for a documentary I want I want to document this world the, these people, what, what was it? Was there something specific or was it just a general feeling that you had? It was a general feeling, but I will say, I think becoming closer with Quincy over the course of my three years and I think the, and Daniel as well, but I think I was closer to Quincy when, before we started filming. Um, I knew both of them for three years before I started, but I will say, I think it was just, the the more like the closer I got to people in the community and the longer I lived there in that mounting three years to starting the film, it just was like the community and history just started would unfold in all of these beautifully 
nuanced and, and idiosyncratic ways. And I thought that the documentary form was a good space to, to, sort, of, to sort of deal with it or to present it. And, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was making images with, like, a large format camera and engaging with some of those, uh, those unfolding nuances. But I wasn't, but there was something that was missing with the ability for someone to kind of participate in, in a space or be carried on some sort of journey mm-hmm. that photography just, just doesn't fundamentally do. And I think it was a combination of those two kind of coming up to the, meeting the limits of photography and simultaneously being really on the, the inside of uh, what was a fascinating world that I hadn't experienced up until that point. I want to talk about the technique that you used, sort of what the sort of the the language of the film, the modality of how we get to under get to know the people in the film. But I, before we do that, you alluded to it, and just as sort of by way of a a brief history lesson, you mentioned Hill County, and it, is there is there something that we should know historically about the county? You know, it was named after uh, I think some some general in 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 the civil the civil war it's it was made popular by walker evans who most a lot of people are familiar with that are in the art world um and people are less familiar with the guy james a g who um did a collaborative project with walker evans and the book that they made um called does not praise jameson kind of became the the iconic and canonical you know, both literary and photographic representation of rural poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's quite a, a position in culture to be something that is supposed to tie together the, um, the struggles of many states in the sort of entire Black Belt region, but, you know, very kind of specifically, just by default of the time, um, talking about the, the, the white rural poverty. And I didn't, I wasn't, so engaged with that dialogue when I first moved. I knew who both of those folks were and I'd heard of the book, but I didn't, I didn't know that the town that I lived in, the town that I still live in, Greensboro, Alabama, like Walker Evans took a photograph on Main Street in that town when Martin Luther King was headed to Selma for that epic march. Like he, when the KKK was chasing him, like he stayed at this museum, now it's a museum in Greensboro that's like half a mile from the, the house that I live in. I didn't quite realize that I was falling into this this place that was the intersection of all of these monumental historical moments. Well, and there are very fleeting glimpses of this sort of racist film. There's clips of this sort of stereotyping racist films from those or the early 20s. I don't even know exactly what those, what those were, where they specifically were from, but interspersed occasionally, very, very rarely in the film, but there there are there as sort of they sort of the ghosts that haunt the 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 film. And well, let's talk a a little bit about the way that you approach this. If I may be so bold as to suggest, and I saw you allude to it in an interview for people who are familiar with the Tree of Life, um, mm-hmm. Terrence uh, Malick's film. How would you describe the style with which you you, you used to uh, to make this film, Hill County? That is the most difficult. That has been the most difficult thing from the first moment that I tried to raise money for the film. You know, how do you explain 
a film that is interested in the sort of most unpredictable, the most simultaneously beautiful, like metaphoric and symbolic moments that happen in someone's life. How do you explain that you want to make a film out of those moments and stitch those together in a, in a sort of self-imposed, self-realized associative editing pattern that sort of, sort of like brings forth a meaning that is only specific to the person that's engaging with it. And it just sounds really heavy and conceptual. <laughs> so, you know, but it kind of, but it, to me, like it isn't because it's just capturing real life, but that's kind of yeah. the, the way in which I would articulate. That. I love the tree of life reference and I use it because like when I saw that film, I was explored with how sort of free flowing it was and how gorgeous and, but yet how experiential it was. And I wondered what that would look like inside the context of the black community um, from my perspective. And so I love, I love using that. It gives people some sort of feel, but I think what, what is different about Hell County, though so many things are different about it from Tree of Life is that it's really a time-based process in which you're, it's about waiting and it's about participating in, you know, Daniel and Quincy's life and in the community in a real and authentic way and just hoping to be at the right moment at the right time when something really beautiful and unpredictable and whimsical happens and and you get to witness it and capture it and translate it. Let, I would just chime in with one of the things that, that I think it shares with Tree of Life is that what I liked about what Malik did was by untethering you from a traditional linear storytelling mode, then you're you're forced or you have in order to enjoy the film in the way he intended, you have to become sort of unmoored from that and it becomes a very emotional journey. And that's what I would that's the connection I would would make with Hale County this morning, this evening, is it becomes and even though you are picking up threads of a of a sort of a through line in their lives, at the same time, it just feels like you're in for the emotional impact, the emotional, whatever, as you said, it could be the mundane or the magnificent, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what you're there for. That's what you are long for that ride down it. They say you never dip your toe into the same river twice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what that's that feels like here. You're, you're, is that fair? I love that, and I am asking permission to use that in later talks. <laughs> Untethering from the narrative in order to like increase the emotional participation—that's so good. I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. Then, having said that, let's talk in specifics now. Let's talk a little bit about Daniel Collins and Quincy Bryant, and also, and if I butcher this, help me out. Is it Bozy? Oh, Boosie. Boosie. Okay, I knew it was good. Yeah. Boosie. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of other people in the film, but, I, but you know, there are, there are people that just have energy and you sort of are drawn to them. And with, with Daniel yeah. and, and Quincy Bryant, Daniel Collins and Quincy Bryant, let's talk a little bit about their, their lives and how this intersects with, with race and with uh, opportunity and all the different things that I think that what your film is, in some manner speaking, talking about. Okay, let's do it. Okay, what about Daniel Collins? You, you, you. We talked a little bit about him earlier, but um, yeah, what kind of a person is he? You know, both of those, uh, Daniel Collins and Quincy Bryant, I related to both of those just deeply for the reasons that a lot of folks have friends. Is that like you see 
yourself in them in some ways or they have qualities that you're just attracted to. Daniel is the hardest worker I'd ever met in my entire life. And he poured all of his energy and all of his spiritual ways into basketball and into sports. And that's something that I did when I was, well, I was like in high school. And I appreciated his, and, and do appreciate his like unfaltering work ethic. And it's carried him throughout his entire life. The, the town that they both live in, um, Greensboro, Alabama, is about 2,500 folks. And it is rem- remote, like it is not close to true industry and true opportunities. And the school systems are, are pretty um, lacking in the resources and uh, um, whatever comes along with resources to really propel the youth into uh, sort of the true contribution to society that's really self-realizing and generative. So he kind of just held on to basketball, as a lot of folks do in that situation, too. To like just to be to to keep him hopeful and to keep his to, to stay out of depression. Um, and Quincy was he's like uh, he also works hard and has you know great aspirations and dreams. But I think what I was most what well, most connected with Quincy is just how goofy he is. Yeah. He's like a constant. He's like the class clown, the smart guy that really likes to make people laugh and has a personality that he just can't keep to himself. He like has to share it. <laughs> and when I, I was like always that person in class that got in trouble for talking too much. And <laughs> I taught Quincy. So I had to deal with Quincy as looking at him as knowing that that was me when I was younger in class. And I wish I could call all of my, my teachers and apologize. And it's <laughs> like, you know, I was a kid. <laughs> he's, um, he's, a musician and athlete and you know I met him in a program in which he had dropped out of high school because he got injured when he was playing sports and missed a couple classes and kind of just fell into the cracks and the, the school and and Hell County doesn't quite have the yeah the resources to help folks like Quincy kind of get back on track so yeah that's kind of how I met okay. I met him and by the way I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Ramel Ross, he's the director of the new film, Hale County, this morning, this evening. It has been shortlisted for the final 15 before they get to the final five uh, long-form documentaries for the consideration for the Academy Award. And by the way, if people want to find out more about the film, and I want to direct them to the website, HaleCountyFilm.com, HaleCountyFilm.com, to find out more about the film, about screenings, just a, just about the the. Uh, the making of and all that. So HaleCountyFilm.com. I want to just underscore just how beautiful this film is to look at. This is one of those things where in great filmmaking, it, it feels like you could just freeze frame, what you could hit pause watching this film and feel like I want that on my wall. And there, this happens throughout the film. There are There are certain sequences that are spectacular. There's one where... Uh, they're playing video games and then you sort of back up and you see the sky and people that that's a beautiful scene there's so many and i'm just sort of randomly picking out the one that immediately comes to mind we see the this beautiful sky with the stars just shining and so it's just a wonderful sequence um and you're and again as a photographer i obviously you have this eye for for capturing images uh are you now a photographer filmmaker or are you a filmmaker photographer now 
<laughs> that is the toughest question. You know what? I'm going to jump completely out of that frame, and I'm going to say that I am an artist working in photography and film. There you go. Huh? There you go. <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's right. An artist. Yeah. And and yeah. as and as we talked about earlier, uh, that that in, off mic, but I really think this is, bears repeating, and that is, this is also feels like a a painting in that these these scenes are brushstrokes on a canvas, and I feel like when you when you are done with watching the film, you can mentally step back and you see the bigger picture. You see a greater the, the the sum of the parts the, in in this in what is going on in in your film Hill County this morning this evening and uh, so count that I, count that among your your descriptions as well as a as a painter <laughs> of sorts uh, well I really I, love that description I love I love the painting reference um, because it's paint, paint paintings are so visceral and emotional and you know photography and film have their own register as they really you know, factually, in some sense, though from a perspective, reproduce reality, but the painting reproduction of reality in a moving form is a really nice, uh, emotive way to express what the film is doing. Well, it, it is. It's so. It's just such a terrific film, and I, I just want to quickly let people know that if they're interested in seeing the film, I don't. Well, maybe I shouldn't go down this road. Is it still screening in theaters? You'd have to go to the the Cinema Guild website. There's um, a list of all the places that that. It's more kind of the whack-a-mole popping up and going down at different places so right i do know that in early february it's it's slated to run on independent lens on pbs yeah. so yeah be looking for it there uh my congratulations to you uh Ramel ross because this is a spectacular film and i and i think uh i bear some re- repeating uh indiewire called it the best non-narrative film of the year and uh it is a spectacular film to watch, and and again, you like just go with it. Sit down, watch <laughs> this movie, and let it wash over you because it, it's such a rewarding experience on that level as well. I want to thank you so much for finding time to to join me here on this on our humble little show, and I I, I look forward. I hope that you have other ideas in mind moving forward, um, other films, narrative or documentary or whatever. Are you? Are you are you bitten by the bug? Are you going to continue? <laughs> I am. I am bitten by the the film bug. It's um it's such a beautiful space to to talk about and deal with real world issues and things. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Hopefully, um, some stuff comes out um in the future. Very good. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. Uh, again, the film is called Hale County. This morning, this evening, and we've been speaking with the director, Ramel Ross. Ramel, thank you. Cool. No, thank you, Mike. Um, Yeah, I really appreciate um, the time. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.